Ahoy, hello, and a heartfelt welcome to Mel B, the Dutch fanatic podcast talking culture, literature, and the arts of the Low Countries. So, Stimmy is a child of the city, but his heart yearns for more. A life in the jungle, but not alone. One day, on a very normal walk home from school, Stimmy has a revelation. Maybe, just maybe, he could break away from the norm and get lost in the park. An urban jungle. But he isn't alone, however. All the lonely, wild dogs of the city see company, and a wild chase across the city starts. Meanwhile, a poor rhinoceros is on a rampage around the city. Who could blame him? He's been caged for ten years, no less. He starts smashing one of the huge buildings, aiming to topple it over, which would be catastrophic for the city. The dog chase has, by now, collected a group of cats and mice nonetheless. Eventually the group arrives where the rhinoceros is about to destroy the building, and to everyone's surprise, the seemingly fearless rhinoceros is scared off by a tiny mouse. Everyone is overjoyed, and the mayor gives Stimmy a wish. A shack in a jungle, but not any jungle. The jungle of the park, where he is never alone. This 2010 book by renowned Dutch children's author Dan Remertz de Vries, with illustrations from Philip Hopman, explores the dichotomy between the natural world and the world of the city, and pulls into question whether the two can be harmonised. Today, we have three lovely people who have done extensive research over the urban natural divide. So, Brooke. Hi. Elliot. Hello. And Mo. Hello. And we're all here to explore what books such as Stimmy do to teach children about the environment. So, first, let's talk about the illustrations. So, some critics have said that the illustrations of books, in particular children's books, tell more of the story. So, how did the illustrations in Stimmy contribute to the story? So, Brooke, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so um, thank you for that introduction, Murray. Um, Stimmy, in regards to um, other Dutch children's literature, is really interesting because it's not got the typical um, norms of illustrations, especially in Dutch children's literature. Um, I don't know if you or any of our listeners here has read a lot of Dutch children's literature, but usually it's quite um, 2D, quite flat, not really very colourful, whereas Stimmy is very... Um, the backgrounds are colourful and then the nature is almost um, scrapbooked on top so it looks like it shouldn't belong but at the same time it is coexisting with the background around it which is very weird for children's literature. Normally there's not that much thought and detail put into it and um, the cutouts what the nature is represented is, is in vivid patterns which is um, makes it stand out even more against the flat background of the city. That is to say the cityscape is not uninteresting uh, at all. Um, it's not like... Um, I have recently read a Mini a Tiger, Bird Felt. Um, not, not by choice. I don't, I don't sit at home and just read Dutch children's literature, by all means, no. But um, that started off with a very um, monochrome colour scheme. And as the protagonist um, discovered the wonders and joys of nature, it transformed into um, a brighter and greener colour palette. 
whereas Stimmy starts off quite colourful, abstract, and it doesn't really change throughout the book, apart from the nature becoming bigger and bigger. And um, about halfway through the book, you get these two two pages spread, which are just full of nature, and um, um, it completely blacks out the city um, behind it. And I just find that really interesting. But um, I don't know if any of the other people have noticed um, any um, illustration points would like to highlight. Yeah, so one thing that I sort of saw from that is the jungle being more pleasing than the city. So, for example, Mo, do you want to explain this a bit more? Like, do you see the jungle being more pleasing as the city or not? Um, absolutely. Um, it's like Brooke said, the jungle is uh, more colourful, more vibrant, it uses more abstract and lively shapes, whereas the city itself is um, sort of grey and lifeless. And I think this is meant to be a parallel to show the reader how Stimmy feels um, when he's trapped in the uh, the urban jungle. We see a parallel of this when um, when we're first introduced to the uh, grey and unhappy um, rhino that escapes from the zoo. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So you disagree with Brooke's point that the jungle and the urban city um, are basically one of the same thing and they're both pleasing and stuff. Well, yeah, I think um, that's one way to look at it, but I think the book is telling us that Stimmy is unhappy in the uh, in the, in the city in the urban jungle. He spends a lot of time daydreaming about being at the beach or in the woods. Um, and even though a city is traditionally where lots of people live together, um, he's a very lonely child. Um, like the rhino that escapes from the uh, from the zoo, we have a quote from the book where it says, "While teen year long he the nose horn in um, for 10 years, the rhino has been trapped in a cage. Um, Stimmy feels much the same way. Yeah. And the art communicates this very well in that when we, when we see him daydreaming, he's, you know, smiling and um, running around without a care in the world. When we see him come back to reality, um, we don't even get to see his face, but his expression is... Um, or his body language tells us that he's just not happy where he is right now. Yeah. And that changes as he goes running around in the park with all these stray animals, as he becomes more free in his environment. 100%. As he says, Mishkin denkt Stimmy Muchi in a park verdwala, which is uh, maybe you should get lost in the park. Yeah, definitely. Um, Elliot, do you have any thoughts on the whole urban jungle divide? in terms of the illustrations? Yeah, well, I think the illustrations are actually really interesting too. It's one of those books where um, each time you look at the illustrations, you see something new. They're all so detailed. Um, and one point that I um, thought about not so long ago was the fact that when the rhino actually does escape with the police chasing him, a few of the buildings have steeples so, mm. and one of them looks a bit like a basilica, which is really interesting because I feel like it's hot, like symbolic of the whole idea of dominion in Christianity. 
Um, so an idea that humans have the right to rule over nature, obviously because, um, you know, the police think they can chase him and he's been locked up for such a long time. Um, and this fits in with other romantic currents in the book, because obviously the romantics rejected the Enlightenment, um, which was a movement to kind of um, think about science and, and logic. And they rejected that and they turned back to religion. So, you know, it's it's kind of introducing this whole romantic kind of currents through the entire story. So. I think my next question ties into that quite nicely. So um, does Stimmy break away from the romantic movement's trope of the urban and natural being clear, distinct realms? So Mo, do you want to take this one first? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think as far as the urban natural divide is concerned, there's definitely a oversight in who that, I guess, in, environment is created for. Um, as I recently read a uh, a work by Owen Jones, and he said that quote uh, the ways in which urban the urban is created, maintained, and policed and used must take into account the needs and possibilities of urban childhood. In the current climate of restrictive access of children to urban space, it becomes easy not to see designing and managing for their presence as a priority. End quote. Now. I found that quite interesting because it's it's directly expressing what Stimmy says to the mayor at the end of the book um, when he's given the choice of anything that he wants in the world. And what he would want is to see the, um, I guess, natural jungle be incorporated more into um, his daily life. And with that, he's, of course, um, as he says, a man neat lane, dot neat, and no longer alone. Yeah, that's... That's really interesting. So just talking about the end of the book where he finds, I suppose, company in the jungle, um, that's the urban jungle, in fact, um, you see the sort of blending of two of the two concepts, um, the urban and the natural um, in the park. Um, so, oh, Elliot, do you want to... Um, talk about whether the end of the book um, fulfills the romantic trope or if it defies the romantic trope purely based on seeing Stimmy in the park. I'm not sure about right at the end, but yeah, I think the whole um, thing about Stimmy in the park does actually fulfill the romantic trope. Um, so, as Mo said with the quote, um, so, Misreen don't stimmy mucha in her palak vavala. But after it, it says, Nhail Misreen dan dat yadan fell in het urvout kont. So, perhaps thingy, perhaps think stimmy, you need to disappear in the park and then you may even find the jungle. I think um, the whole fact that he finds a jungle and not like, the woods actually does fit in with romantic tropes because obviously Charles Baudelaire, a French romantic poet and theorist, explains in his essay The Painter of Modern Life that the child in um in books often sees everything 
in a state of newness. He is always drunk, he says. And if we look at Stimmy, we can see that this is true because he turns this park into an exciting jungle, perhaps in his imagination, because we're not so sure what's, you know, it's blurred lines between what's true and what's like in his imagination. Um, and obviously it's a jungle, not a forest. So it's, it, there's, there's, it's more than just a nature urban divide, but like a foreign kind of nature, a, a fantastical kind of nature. Um, and this, I also think, definitely heightens the extent of his like desire to escape yeah, the, definitely. the urban um, world. It's quite interesting um, to sort of think about, um, and especially if you consider the title being so grounded in um, the sort of concept of the jungle um, being stimmy and head overworld you sort of see it as this grounding concept that sort of defines the difference and defines the dichotomy between the two, um, the urban and the natural. So, Brooke, do you want to talk a bit about Stimmy's name? So what does it mean in Dutch and does that sort of translate into English? And through the book, do you see his name being representative of something? in the book? Well, I interpreted Stimmy's name as being part of, of the, the um, stimulating, which means to stimulate. And throughout the book, I think maybe it's not the correct definition in English, but he's stimulating, dreaming up this environment, maybe in his head, as Elliot said, it's not really sure the lines kind of blurred, of this um, paradise where he can run around and play and not be bored, where he just sit, where he's in nature and not just sitting on his 13th floor house by himself reading Dante, which is on the table for some reason, no idea why. But um, it could also refer to the fact that he's stimulating change within the city. Obviously the mayor gives him, he gives him that freedom to walk in the forest. I can't exactly remember. Yeah, um, I think he gives a shack and like the freedom. So um, it's quite interesting because as you said with Stimulira, um, perhaps stimmy stimulates change what do you think mo to what extent do you think stimmy perhaps stimulates change do you think that's right to sort of assume or infer from the book well he, he is the protagonist so i think he does stimulate um a change in attitudes and of course achieves that by the end of the book i don't think he's the cause of everything unless he off screen was the one who set the rhino free. Um, but I think as far as uh, Stimmy as a as relating to stimulation is concerned, I, th I think the book is perhaps hinting more towards he doesn't feel very stimulated by his surroundings, by his environment. And that's why he doesn't feel happy being in the concrete jungle and dreams of being in the um, natural jungle. And we see this sort of connotation of there being a nature, a beauty to nature and the environment in contrast with urban life being fulfilling. Even when the kids in his class are daydreaming, um, while he's dreaming of a natural paradise that he could escape to in his mind, um, the girl behind him is, of course, dreaming of uh, Stimmy 
um, but imagining him with a ro- holding a rose in his teeth. So there is that association of the natural world being more beautiful and more stimulating for a person's mind than uh, mile after mile of concrete. Yeah, that's really interesting. Elliot, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think um, the name Stimmy and Stimulator is a really good link, actually. Um, and I guess you can think about, you know, this this book, it is about the nature of and divide, divide, but there's so much more than that. Um, and when Stimmy is in class and um, so he's he sits in the class, but he's waiting until school is over. You can see that he's just waiting around quite a lot at the beginning of the book. Um, and, it, you know, he walks through the city and he, he doesn't particularly engage much at the beginning of the book. Um, I think this is quite a flanner representation as Arthur Benjamin talks about um, in his arcade project. And this fits in with Stimmy very well. But I do think the fact that he can just sit around waiting in schools, um, maybe some kind of criticism on the institutionalized society and the urban kind of society. Um, And then that is in itself stimulating um, change, isn't it? Because, um, you know, it, it's showing that people, the um, children and students need to be able to engage with their surroundings and engage with school um, and make it a better learning environment. Yet, yeah, Stimmy isn't able to do this because it's so stifling. So, yeah, he is stimulating change in that regard by by the whole book being a a criticism on yeah on definitely urban, that's a really interesting um, city point to take um so just quickly going back to what you said slightly about the flaneur um so obviously this is a concept defined by um charles baudelaire um excuse my french but so a flaneur being someone who enjoys the city environment and who wanders around the city environment um as someone would in a romantic sense with the natural world. Um, so, Brooke, do you think Stimmy is a typical example of a flaneur or does he defy those typical attributes? Well, I think it's really interesting because obviously I think he's a flaneur, but I don't think he's like the typical example. Yes, he walks around the sea. Is he happy walking around the sea? I don't think so. You know, he's kind of just moping about for something to happen, whereas a typical flaneur would be like, oh, let's go into the city and see what we can find today. Um, I I personally think um, the prime example of a flaneur is, um, I don't know if any of you have read it, um, Puck van der Petteflet. It's quite a famous Dutch children's literature uh, where um, the protagonist, Pluck, surprise surprise um he wanders around well he doesn't wander he drives in his little um um, truck and just goes on adventures where a stimmy just just kind of wanders and he just these dogs just happen to find him and i don't think it really fits into the like romantic like caricature of what a fan should be yeah definitely um and also to some extent if you think about it 
in terms of him only being in the urban world, even though he describes the park as a jungle, it's still a park. It's still dictated by um, humans. It's still created by humans. It's artificial. And that has been used as a romantic trope because it's kind of the safe jungle, but also with it being in a city, it's public. There's people there. Um, so Mo, do you want to sort of talk a bit about this? I think, I think you raised a, uh, a good point about uh, the, uh, the safe jungle of a person's imagination. A good example of that is um, how the daydream of uh, Timmy's first sort of daydream of the jungle and um, both the final illustration of him in the park with all his new animal friends. If you look closely, there's actually a tiger in both of those um, illustrations, which in the natural world is, of course, very dangerous and perhaps something you want to want to come face to face with. But in these sort of idealized interpretations of nature, um, they are just sort of things that we want to see um, and that we consider an important part of our of our natural environment. Definitely. Um, so I suppose like we could raise as well. Um, does including tigers at the end of the book in the illustrations does that sort of question pose the question whether this jungle environment is actually real like is it actually the wild i suppose a bit foreign as well because tigers obviously aren't native to the netherlands um or neither are rhinoceroses um so does this pose the question is the end of the book posed in reality or is it purely like the imagination of the child running wild um so Brooke do you want to talk a bit about this well what you just said about well is the end of the book um just the happiness of a child did quite make me a bit sad because I do kind of want Stimmy to be happy and want want this ending to be true but at the same time um the inclusion of um exotic animals like rhinoceroses and tigers does throw into question the like legitimacy of this children's book I, don't, I know it sounds absurd to say but um because exoticism is rife within adult literature and it's strange to see in children's literature as well but um I think the rhinoceros is obviously a reflection of how Stimmy feels out of his environment as well but yeah the inclusion of exotic animals at the end it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, the rhinoceros, yes, he was like an integral part of the book, but a tiger, I don't think so. Elliot, do you have any thoughts? I'm not quite sure. I think just thinking about it, you've, um, it might be the kind of um, the whole story is about Stimmy growing to be this different person because he's he starts off very quiet so there's no there's not really any dialogue in the first part of the book and then obviously at the end there's lots of dialogue there's you know lots of things happening I don't know if it's kind of um about Stimmy um kind of going a little bit crazy at the end because he's being like oppressed by this urban city and then at the end, he's he's thinking that he can see um, rhinoceroses and, and tigers and 
um, he's in a jungle. So I don't know if he's actually just fallen into a bit of a, a, a kind of crazy um, mindset. And also, you've you've got other parts of um, the book that actually do reference people going a little bit crazy or corrupted at least. So at the start of the book, um, through the illustrations, you can see um, an old person um, on a billboard laughing at a mobile phone. Um, and it, one of the shops is called Material Girl. Um, and it's kind of foreshadowing what he's going to grow up to be, like corrupted by this artificial world. You know, that because there's an old person who's like seemed to be uh, gone crazy at this mobile phone because she's laughing at it so much with this kind of fantastical kind of facial expression. Um, so, and it definitely shows that at the start, Stimmy was very innocent. You know, he just kind of, he was a disengaged flaneur. He was just kind of um, sitting around. But then at the end, he's potentially crazy. Yeah, so, so he's been that's really interesting. Um, I because you can see also the park being part of the urban rather than the natural, or more urban than the natural. Um, he never gets his freedom. Like, he's trapped within the city no matter what um even if there are certain natural elements to it he's still in the city he's still not left the city he's not able to be in the wild and although one can see it as a compromise because obviously he does see the positive elements of the city and the positive elements of the wild um it's kind of a bit confusing um, to put it one way. Um, so, I mean, just thinking to the sort of fundamental points, um, is it right to force or indoctrinate, if you will, um, children into thinking these things about the either environment or um, the urban environment, I suppose, as well? Um, so, Mo, what are your thoughts? I don't think they're being indoctrinated to feel this way necessarily about um, the urban environments in which many children live. It's perhaps better summed up as a reflection of how children already feel. Stimmy feels, yeah, he, he feels alone and isolated in the city and his mind has come up with the with his own solution that to not feel that way, he wants to be surrounded by nature and um, the natural world. It's a kind of thought that any child stuck in a, um, I guess, in a concrete cell would feel, just like how a rhinoceros stuck in a zoo um, would be frustrated with not being in their natural environment. So I wouldn't see it necessarily as indoctrination, but more as a reflection of just our natural feelings towards the natural world. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I know... Brooke, you said earlier about Pluck van der Plet, um, and that being more of a exemplar um, example of um, a book which really does not say that the urban is a bad place to be. Um, so do you think Stimmy says that the urban is bad, um, 
or subconsciously make children think that the urban environments are bad what do you think well i mean if we go along with the idea of what we've discussed of the end of the book um stimmy going a little bit crazy because he's stuck in this city then um i think it is wrong to force this idea on like kids because obviously a lot of um iconic like dutch and english literature was written like back in the day when the city was kind of dirty it was filled with criminals filled with monsters whereas now a lot of most children i would say live in this city and for um like a book like this to um portray living in the city is a bad thing i don't think it's right like i, I don't want to speak of it again but put van der Petterfeld, my i don't want to say favorite but one of the best children's book in my opinion um Puck is like happy to live in the city, you know. Um, from the beginning, he's happy to live in this massive skyscraper with all these people living under him. Like all of his friends live there. Like all the people goes with adventures is there. Whereas if you compare it to Stimmy, Stimmy's just I won't even say he's living in the city. He's just simply existing. And for me, that's not. I don't think that's a good thing. We should be showing children who who's most most of the audience who will read this book children who live in the city whereas yeah I don't think this is a good example we should be setting. Yeah so to sort of draw from that I was thinking what do children's books like Stimmy teach young children about the environment? Um, so back to the key question um, I'm thinking perhaps in the times of Greta Thunberg and the environmental crisis um, Elliot, what do you think? Do these books teach things that are good or do you think it's more of a negative lesson? Um, I think these books like this um, place a certain importance on the natural world, which in current times is really important because people need to grow up understanding that the natural world isn't something that can be ignored. And it's not something that can be overtaken by the artificial environment. Um, now, these books don't explicitly say bad things about the urban. I think Stimmy in particular, though, I think it should have some balance. So I think it should show good things about the city as well. But that's not the purpose of the book. The purpose of the book is to kind of show children that actually the our natural world is important so obviously I don't know if it needs to show good things about the city because other books do that and other things other media does that so you know it wouldn't it might not be fulfilling its purpose if it was more balanced. Yeah definitely that's really interesting um so Mo what's your final statement about the whole lessons that children receive from Stimmy and other books of the same genre? Well, I think um, it's important to note that the book doesn't necessarily have to sell the reader on the positives of the city. If you're living in the city, you're going to come across those positives yourselves. I think more what it's trying to achieve is to sell the idea that there are positives to nature, which there undoubtedly are. Yeah, I, th I think the, the central theme is more about 
isolation and feeling alone in the city, which is something that a lot of people can relate to. So to dream of somewhere um, like Stimmy does, Mahed is noch wel, nooit alleen, somewhere that he's never alone, um, is relatable. And I don't think that's a message that the book is pushing on people to say, you do feel lonely in the city, but it's more of an acknowledgement that sometimes you do feel lonely in the city and to reconnect with nature is a way to try and combat that feeling. Yeah, definitely. So, Brooke, do you have any final thoughts? I do agree with what um, Mo just said about the whole um, connecting to nature thing. Um, but I do I do wish um, like children's books like, to be taught um, like about other things. Like, I remember earlier um, Elliot said something about um, church and dominion, whereas obviously that could be present in the book, but I wish it had more of a stewardship value like um obviously humans own all the nature in this city but obviously in the real world children don't have that power so it does kind of create this false imagery in a child's mind that oh i can go out and just do whatever whatever whereas in like an actual real life city if like a child went out to a park god knows what would happen to him but um i don't think it's an overall positive portrayal of living in the city but I'm glad there is some portrayal of living in the city because most children's books are completely focused on nature whereas Stimmy does show if we believe he's not made it up a quite happy child in the end of the book. Yeah 100% so I think that comes to the end of this enjoyable discussion um so I'd like to say my heartfelt thanks to Brooke, Elliot and Mo. Um, and thank you all for listening to Mel B. Dag! Dag! Dag.